Welcome to Golden Great Collaboration SS Podcast, empowering Asian American stories from the Gold Rush to the Gold Open. I'm Long. And I'm Elsa. And this week we have a very special episode because it's close to my heart. I got to go back to a nonprofit that I used to volunteer and intern for called CAM. Some of you guys might know, but for those who don't, it stands for Center for Asian American Media. And they're very famous for their annual film festival that they throw. It used to be in March, and now it's currently in May for Asian Pacific Islander Month. Um, but that film festival features stories and movies from Asian and Asian American backgrounds. I had the pleasure to interview two of my former colleagues. They still work at CAM, but I no longer do, which is unfortunate because I love my time there. The first person I got to interview was Misashi, and he is the festival and exhibitions director. We got to talk about his history with film festivals. He went to SF State, studied um, the film there, and he even started the Austin Asian American Film Festival. So it's pretty cool. You get to hear more of that, how he went about that, the things he faced, and how he ended up back at CAM, because he used to be an intern as well. Mm-hmm. And then the second person I interviewed is Serena. She's the current media fund manager, and she and I go way back. We used to be interns at the same time. So I watched her grow from an intern to now a core staff member, which mm-hmm. is very exciting. I'm very happy and proud for her. But it's just interesting how you don't know where you're going to end up, right? I didn't know I was going to end up in HR in a finance tech company, and she didn't know that she was going to be, and she didn't know she was going to be a core staff member. But you know, we always just chase our passions, our dreams, and ultimately undertake. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to do purposeful things. Yeah. What is your experience with camp? Long, you told me a little bit about that, but please tell our, our listeners. I had two years of experience in camp. Um, the first time I did it, there was two writers that wrote for Masters of None, the mm-hmm. Aziz Ansari's story, his Netflix show. And it was kind of cool. It was like, for me personally, I think that was a talk about... It was a panel. Yeah, it was a talk. It was a pan- No, it was just a talk. <laughs> no, it was just a talk. Like, it was just those two. Like, not a huge amount of people. Yeah. But um, it was a talk that just kind of foreseeing the diversity in um, TV and movies. Mm-hmm. And this is probably... They didn't, weren't even talking about crazy Asians yet. And how con- confident they were, how reflective. And they're, just, like, they're saying, this is going to be a new wave. Mm-hmm. And then... They won an award and they made a hilarious speech saying, you know, Italian people have the Godfather. We just have long duck dong, so we have a long way to go. So we have to keep making stories. Mm-hmm. But then the year after that, it was 2017, and there was a big political shift. And I think a lot of people were looking for answers. And for me, I was looking for answers too. And I came across the movie Chinese Exclusion Act and. That was the movie that was our opening night film for CamFest one year. And Cam was working on that for years to produce it. And so we're very proud of it, and we're actually pushing it out to school curriculums around the nation. But how did you feel watching it? It was heartbreaking. I really felt betrayed. I remember during that soul-searching at that time, I think everyone was soul-searching, or a denial. I mean, it was a hard time in politics. And for me, that moment of... Sobriety, if that makes sense. Like, sobriety? It's like a weird... You sobered right up. Yeah, you just sober right up. It's just, you see the truth of what 
actually have Are you it. saying you're drunk watching that movie? I'm just kidding. No, it's almost like in it's the an sen- analogy. I there's know. no, I'll say this is an analogy. Like we were living this drunk fairy tale, and then like there's a sober realness the next morning, and to see like there's this part of the history that I was never taught, and that would answer a lot of the questions I always had about my identity, about always being not the model minority and why I struggled and why my parents struggled. We never really talk about that. And also we were going through the Muslim ban at the time too. And, and I was just more upset that if we were to talk about the Chinese exclusion act more, maybe we wouldn't have gotten so far to get to where we were now. So I was very upset and, but you know, they say truth hurts. So that was my experience with Cam and, it helped me grow as a person, also helped me with my writing. Yeah. Totally understand because I actually knew about Cam first in high school. Um, me and a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, we used to volunteer at Cam Fest as teenagers because when you volunteer, you get to get a, when you volunteer, you receive a free movie ticket to their film festival. So you could watch one when you're not volunteering, when it's convenient for you. And even though we grew up in very predominantly Asian communities in San Francisco, it's still, you know, media doesn't represent us. And it was so nice to see people who looked like us, but most importantly, who shared our stories on screen. And you could see yourself, but also knowing and learning about different cultures, right? Because being Asian, there's so many, like, fast, there's so many sides of being Asian, right? Not just ethnicity-wise, but generationally. Um, the things you experience. And so it's nice to hear that <laughs> the things that Cam does, it really does make an impact, right? That's why it's been here for so many years. They're celebrating their 40th year anniversary next year. So can you imagine how many lives they've touched through the films that they, that they've, um, through their films that they've helped produce, mm-hmm. but also just shown on their screen and given an opportunity to? Because you don't know which one's really going to change your life, right? Yeah. And speaking of change, films that change your life, Serena and actually Serena and I talk about the farewell, and we dive deeper into our relationship with it, how we see ourselves in that film. I know you watched that film as well. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Goes back to uh, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, no, it goes. Back I already to... know your opinion, but you <laughs> <laughs> know the listeners, John. It goes back to my lack of information about any of my past. Yeah. I didn't know my grandparents. I knew one grandma was my mom's side. And my grandma and my dad didn't get along. Yeah. And so she was pushed out of my life. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't grow up with grandparents in a sense. Yeah. I think I just knew about my grandma up until maybe kindergarten or just somewhere in elementary school. But it was yeah. just a blur. I didn't ever know them. And just lost in translation of being a refugee in Vietnam and stuff and whatever family history we had, I don't know any of that. I don't even know my dad's side of the family. Yeah. So it was well sitting in the movie and with the other people <laughs> reacting. Again, it was like I think that's the importance of diversity of stories because yeah. I can see how important it is but also that's not my story exactly yeah yeah it, and that's why I wanted you to share your opinion because I think I have 
the opinion of the majority of people who have watched it, or at least from what you can hear, is like, oh my god, that's my story. That's how I feel about my grandparents. Um, I personally have a very close relationship with my maternal side. And so watching that made me kind of like sad because I've gone through one grandparent passing away and now the second one's getting old, right? And taking care of them and knowing, never knowing when their last days or last months are going to be. And so, but your story was interesting because I didn't expect to know someone so closely that they watched the same movie and had a completely different reaction. But I think it's important to share your story because you let everyone know that, you know, we're multifaceted. And what we see on the screen isn't going to represent everyone, even if it's an Asian American story, an Asian story. So, yeah, no, I it, appreciate hearing your perspective. No, it was good, though. Was, I think the bigger themes of, again, probably this conversation, too, is like we hide things to not shame others. And the whole point of the movie, aside from the grandparents, is like, how much do we lie? How much do we not talk to each other not to shame others? Yeah. And, or not shame, or just make not people Not even feel necessarily guilty. shame. It's like to protect each other. Yeah. Even to protect yourself, right? Yeah. I feel like even the grandma was in denial. Um, and maybe she didn't want to admit it to protect yeah. herself. Hey, if I don't talk about it, maybe I'll live longer. Hey, if I don't talk about it, maybe maybe it'll go away. Yeah. Right? And also, like, the shared burden. There was that talk. Spoiler alert. Um, it's not, No, but, like, sharing burdens. Like, you know, it's very Eastern to share the burden, but you don't tell anyone. It's very Western to cry and throw your feelings out and be all selfish and have other people care for it, right? And I think that's a bigger conversation. And so I don't know what went through my parents' thought process of not talking about our grandparents or my dad never sharing any of his family. So I'll never know, um, at least through him, and I just have to observe through movies like this. Well, if you want to hear more about, you know, (laughs) sorry, Law, my personal (laughs) take on The Farewell, Me and Serena's, and also about more about Cam and the history behind Cam, stick around. So welcome to Golden Great. I have a special guest today, Masashi, who's the Festival and Exhibitions Director at CAM, the Center for Asian American Media. Um, I think as some of my listeners know in my collaboration family, I was involved with CAM before and I was an intern and I keep talking about them because I love what they do. But I wanted to bring Masashi on to talk more about the organization. Um, can you tell us a little more about CAM? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So yeah, CAM, the Center for Asian American Media, um, actually, next year, we're celebrating our 40th anniversary as an organization. Whoa. Yeah, we've been around for a little bit. I can't wait for the 50th. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I wonder if I'll be here. Probably. <laughs> in some way, in some capacity. In some way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, our mission as a media arts nonprofit is to showcase and celebrate Asian American stories to the broadest audience possible. And we do that in different ways, you know. So I run the film festival and all of our public programs that we do. Um, but we do a lot of other things here at CAM. So we We support filmmakers um, in various ways. We fund documentaries. We have fellowships. um, And um, yeah, and at the festival, of course, we showcase so many films from filmmakers. Um, We have an educational distribution um, kind of section at our organization. So, you know, um, so colleges all around the world, if they want Asian American content, we have a full library of that. 
Um, and then, you know, the biggest thing, one of the biggest thing, well, no, the biggest thing we do <laughs> is uh, we, uh, all the films that we fund and then all the things that we produce, we put on public television, PBS. So, so many of these amazing films that are, um, that we fund and produce um, get millions of views throughout the United States. So, yeah. we're really proud of that. So many voices that we get to amplify um, and have seen all throughout the United States, which is great. Very awesome. Yeah. And then you guys do a big film festival. We do. It's called CamFest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it so, used to be called something else. Yeah, it used to be called Sfiof. So I started at Cam as an intern. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say the acronym. I've always I heard know. like everyone's like S F S F I I F. So yeah, I started when it was Sfiof many many years ago, and that stood for San Francisco International Asian American Film Festival. It's a lot, and the funny thing is, so when I started interning at Cam. <laughs> a while back, we weren't Cam at the time. Our yeah. original name was Nata, and that's the oh national. Oh my gosh! Yes, and a different name. Yes, you guys just keep rebranding. So I would go to colleges as a new intern, and I would tell other students about why I interned. So my spiel was, <laughs> um, "Hey everyone, I'm Masashi. I'm from Nata, the National Asian American Telecommunication Association." <laughs> And uh, I work on SPIOP, the San Francisco International Asian American Film Festival. Yeah. It was so many words. That's and I, a lot. Yeah, I had just so many glazed you're, eyes. You're like, just looking what at trying mean? to remember all of them. Yeah. And I would start talking about what I do, and people are still like, what did you just say? Like, what are these words? So, anyways, you know, years ago we rebranded to CAM, much easier, Center for Asian American Media. Yeah. And then uh, SPIOP became CAM Fest. Was it hard to come up with the name CAM? Um, or did you guys already have that idea when you guys were rebranding? Um, I don't think it was that hard. I mean, it, we definitely shopped around different ideas. <laughs> I think we initially wanted to keep some of the Nata name, but mm-hmm. I think as we kind of, we worked with, um, you know, marketing firms and I think the core of Center for Asian American Media is what we were doing and yeah. is what we do now, right? We want to be the center for people who are making projects and yeah. films and such, yeah. I remember when I was interned maybe like two, three years ago, we were still having to say parentheses firmly known mm-hmm. as Svia. Mm-hmm. Do you guys still do that to this day or do you think people know you guys as camp? Mm. Uh, we still do it sometimes. Um, yeah, because, you know, our festival has been around for 38 years. That means that for 30 of those years, people didn't know us as Camp Fest. So for those filmmakers and many of them, we still play their newer films. We want to make sure that we keep that legacy. With yeah. That. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then, when, how did you even hear about Cam or Spia at the time or Nata? Well, I was an aspiring filmmaker, so my whole life I wanted to be a filmmaker. Yeah. So my and you are. Uh, yeah, I make stuff. <laughs> uh, and actually working at Cam, I work on a lot of projects. This is really great. And a lot of my creative outlets uh, I get to do here. Yeah. But, you know, my kind of origin story, you can say, is when I was growing up, you know, my parents were new immigrants to the U.S. And... They didn't really believe in like babysitters. Yeah. So <laughs> No, me neither. I yeah. stay home. Oh yeah, no. My parents they worked very hard and they worked late nights um and they were like go to the movie the uh, video <laughs> store, rent VHS tapes yeah. and just stay home, don't get into trouble. And so very early on, you know, before I turned 10, I already knew like hundreds of films <laughs> that I loved. That's crazy. Yeah. And they didn't supervise the kind of films you no, watched. No, they did not care. Rated no, R. No, no, I watched mostly horror films. That was my oh, origin. Gosh. And it was very escapism. And for me, like still kind of understanding what the world was. Yeah. It was just very surreal. You know, a lot of times I related with the killers or the monsters of movies because I kind of related with that being an outsider at times. Yeah. 
Um, so I knew that I wanted to get into filmmaking when I was in high school. I was the film nerd, like that archetype <laughs> where I was making films, short films in high school. What were you making it on? Horror, or I was making horror films. Oh, what kind of medium? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like, uh, like old school cameras. Yeah. yeah. Like I had big cassette tapes mm -hmm. and then it became mini DVs. So it was a little bit more easier to make films. I still have these like boxes of tapes that part of me wants to digitize and yeah. watch, but a part of me never wants to do it because I know it's <laughs> going to be really bad. Like I would record so many things. Like I would make um, fake news shows. Very cool. Yeah. Like as an anchor. You know, at and the you were the anchor. Yeah. And, and the I, director. And the director. Yeah. I would like run back and forth. You were everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the time I was in karate. So like I was yeah. filming that. I, I, I don't know. Was were you like, into um, Bruce Lee movies and all that kind of stuff? Not really. Yeah, maybe. I mean, some like action films. I didn't. I, maybe there's something a little too like macho about <laughs> action films that I couldn't relate to. Yeah. So, um, you know, there were other fantastical stuff that I was watching um, at the time. But I went into college when I, I went to SF State here. Mm -hmm. And um, right when I started, I was like, I want to make films. But I actually didn't know what to make films about. So a great uh, professor of mine, Anita Chang, who's an amazing filmmaker and who's still, I'm so grateful she's still in my world because yeah. of Cam. She was like, you should, you know, think about interning at Cam because um, they, they have such a long legacy of amazing films. And I started interning at CAM, and I was an archive intern. So what I did back in the day, and they still don't they still have that position? <laughs> um, different way. It's it's like it's media. changed. Yeah, it's changed a little bit. But yeah, we still definitely have this opportunity here. But um, back in the day, when people would submit a film to a festival, they would send us these huge like paper press kits. Mm -hmm. Like this is my film, and there would be like <laughs> these huge things, and we just had boxes of them. So uh, a big job of what I did was have to archive them all into like a system and then all of the VHS tapes I guess at the time DVDs were starting to come around maybe not mm -hmm. but I would archive them all and you know one of the best things that I got to do was watch a lot of them mm -hmm. and that really it did two things for me first off in college I realized there's such a wealth of Asian American stories that were not being seen yeah. or they weren't being seen I just didn't know about them mm -hmm. so you know for me as a filmmaker I was like I want to be the first to tell this story and I was like oh yeah. it's been told for decades <laughs> but people don't know about it and I think for me that switched my brain into maybe not so much being a filmmaker but to work for film festivals or to yeah. be a curator because I was thinking in my head, I could spend a year making a film, and I think that's really important, yeah. or I can spend a year on a festival and showcase 200, 300 filmmakers' works. Mm -hmm. And so right after college, although I was still making films, I knew I wanted to really run film festivals. So I moved to Austin, Texas for a few years, mm -hmm. and I ran. I started a film festival there for Asian. You American started film. it. Yeah, for wow. Asian American filmmakers. It's called AF Asian Austin Asian American Film still, Fest. It's still existence. going around. Yeah, I think they just celebrated their tenth anniversary. Have um, you ever gone back, or is that one of the rounds you make every year? Oh yeah, I go back. Yeah, they've you know. They're like, uh, this is our founder. Yeah, I mean, I've been on the juries. I've gone Very many cool. many years, um, and I support them in as many yeah. ways as I can, and they. You know, usually we'll um, play a lot of CAM programs, which is really nice. great. So it's kind of full circle. Does the Austin Film Festival come after CAM? Yeah, it's in November. Okay. Yeah. Or de November, December, kind of in this time frame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of, so I learned about CAM through the internship uh, and 
Really, ever since then, I mean, I don't think there had been a year since my internship that mm -hmm. I never, I haven't you know, attended the festival. Yeah. You know, when the internship was over, I was still in college. I created an internship to stay at Cal <laughs> after my semester <laughs> was did over. You do, like propose something? Yeah, it was like independent studies <laughs> or something. And oh, I just okay. like wrote it up. I was like, I want to go from interning at CAM to like how film festivals run. And I created a course yeah. and I got credits through that through SF State. Um, and then um, after college, I volunteered. I became like an ops volunteer. I really want to know how it worked from the back, like from the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, and that all, I mean, I don't know. There's like a whole, I love film festivals. So like there's a whole culture, and you know this. Yeah. Um, um, there's a whole culture behind it. There's so much teamwork. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so many things can either go amazingly or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, I don't know. There's nothing like it. So and it's I'm fun. And when you look from the outside in, it's, I miss that part where you're like, yeah. I don't know the struggles you guys went through. I don't know all the victories you guys had, the little small ones before CamFest even started. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because when CamFest is here, it's not like the staff gets to enjoy it as much as the people sure. attending, right? Like you're running yeah. around working it. And when it's over, you're like, wow, that was quick. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, throwing a very big party at mm -hmm. your house. So you throw a huge party, you spend so much time on it, but then like at the party itself, you're probably too busy to actually <laughs> enjoy it. You're hosting, right? You yeah, you're sure hosting. Everyone has a good time. And you know, you're making sure things, you know, all the food is filled and everything's restocked. So it for me, it's like throwing a really big party with really amazing guests. Yeah. A lot of amazing filmmakers, you know, our audiences are the best. I love them so much. <laughs> they expect the best from us. So <laughs> it's hard for us to, you know, it's a challenge every year. We love that challenge. Um, it's kind of like the idea of the duck that's above water. It's cool, calm, <laughs> yeah. everything is fine. And then under the water, the feet are just moving really quickly yes. and they're swimming. Um, that's what a festival is. Behind the theater screen, there's always um, kind of cam staff, interns, volunteers mm -hmm. who are hustling either for that event or getting ready for the next event. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about the upcoming festival? I know we are hmm. months and months away, but are you guys planning for that yet? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the great things about CAM is, you know, it's a year-round job for me and I'm scouting <laughs> and I'm working and I'm hustling throughout the year. Um, literally the month after, well, let's say after the after CAM Fest, I get about a month-ish to relax, to decompress. Do you go on vacation somewhere outside? You know, the funniest thing is after CAM Fest, the, the biggest thing I do to decompress is go to the movies <laughs> yeah you would think going to the movies Not would trigger me look for future no it's <laughs> just to enjoy it it's just to enjoy it is to like decompress i still yeah. love movies so like being able to sit it doesn't matter what the movie is like i'll watch anything really I'll just, yeah i'll actually get to eat the popcorn that i've been smelling <laughs> throughout the festival the whole yeah. time but i sit there i'll sit in the back by myself um, and I just what, kind of you, enjoy that. you enjoy going to the movies by yourself? I do. Oh, I, I actually, I think I like going to the movies by myself more than with groups of people. <laughs> Especially because... Not I'll, even just one person. Oh, no. Like my partner. Yeah. Um, we'll go. But, you know, I think that I actually get anxiety when I... Because I have very loud friends. Oh? Yeah. <laughs> like, I have a lot of amazing friends, but they're all loud. So we go to the movies and we're those people where people... Don't, don't tell me they're the ones who talk. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And so the I'm the one that tells them to be quiet. <laughs> I have to like police my own friends. That's so, so funny. They're, so if I go by myself, I know that I'm just quiet and I can just enjoy the yeah. movie and escape the way I did when I was a young person. Yeah. Um, but then I do travel. Um, I, luckily, um, yeah, 
I get to travel um, for the festival and for the organization. Mm -hmm. But personally, I like to travel a lot as well. So, um, but yeah, and then you know we're now ramping up. Our call for entries is open. So if anyone has Exciting. a film, a VR piece, a web series, anything. I mean,、mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we changed from Nata to Cam is we. We wanted to make sure the word media was in our、um, kind of organizational name because it's not just films. Yeah.、Um, we do a lot of other things. We showcase a lot of other things. So we're looking right now.、Um, we get about a thousand submissions every year. Wow. Yes. So we're so right. I, I、yeah. was just talking to Serena. Was, yeah. I'm nervous if you guys don't get enough submissions. I'm like, do people、oh. know about you? Like, do we need to spread the word about you more? And、oh. are the right people knowing about you guys? So I'm glad to hear that she's like, oh no, we get so many、yes. submissions and we do. I mean, I think it's. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things in the world, and you know, for us, we compete against a lot of other media entities. Yeah. Even things like Netflix, you wouldn't think we compete against, but we kind of do. So、mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we. I mean, luckily because we've been around for 40 years, a lot of filmmakers do know us. We've showcased their work. They know. We you know we're the one of the only, if not the only,、um, organization that funds Asian Americans. Regularly and exclusively, right?、Yeah. So we are a source. If you are making Asian American content, or if you're an Asian American filmmaker making work, you should know about Cam because、yeah. we could fund your work or we will showcase your work. So、mm -hmm. um, we're starting to watch films now.、Um, I have already. A, oh yeah,、uh, we have a slew of festivals that are、uh, ahead of us that we're going to be watching. Films and reconnecting with filmmakers, seeing new films. I'm on a jury in New、mm -hmm. Orleans, so I get to see. I didn't know they had a film festival there. See,、Very、I'm、exciting. telling you, every city has like, their own really. Because、yeah. if people who have never, you know, there's if wherever you live,、and、you should just keep an eye out. Asian American film festival. No, 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 no. So in <laughs> New Orleans, it's, it's not Asian American. No, 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 no. It's just a.、Uh, it's the New Orleans Film Fest. But every city has their big festivals, right? And so wherever you're at, I would say look out to see there potentially is an Asian American showcase there. The great thing about New Orleans is that we have a partnership with them. They play every year cam produced or funded programs.、Okay. We've done panels there. I'm on their jury this year. They're very supportive of not only Asian American but people of color stories,、yeah. um, and so they're great.、Um, but being on the jury, I get to watch 30 films. Oh my god! I know. So <laughs> so many. What's the deadline? Just, a month or I get. Two weeks, I think. Two weeks.、Them. Yeah. I was like a month. Like that's probably a, that's a lot of movies. No, it's a lot. Two weeks. I I think、uh, being a curator and so next year I celebrate my tenth year running the festival. I know how. Yes, thank you. Are we gonna have a special event during Campus to celebrate you? You know, I didn't think about it. We should do the pictures throughout the year. Your favorite movies <gasps> every year of the festival. It would be like a.、Um, Some kind of slideshow of my bad hair that I've had throughout the years. <laughs> I started with really long hair and then like bow ties, like shorter length.、Um, yeah. Wow.、Uh, it, it was it was bad. <clears throat> But yeah, it, it would yeah.、Um, you know, for me, the ten year, it's not so much like my. Of evolution, but I、yeah. do think about all the filmmakers and all the amazing things that have happened at the festival. You could be doing、like、Masashi's picks. I don't even know what that would be.、But、yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, that's all. That's kind of decadent. Yeah. But yeah, maybe there will be something. Not to be like narcissistic. I would、yeah. love to know your perspective because you've been here. Yeah. Maybe something even internal internally with it, Cam. 
You know, the funny thing as a curator is, you know, I think people may assume that like the big events that we do at the festival are opening night, at the, you know, a big gala. These are the things that I get the most excited about. But in reality, yeah. those are amazing. Yeah. Um, but it's always like the shorts programs or it's like the filmmaker who made a film for two dollars that I know it's really important to them. Yeah. Those are the like the things that I really get excited about. Like I'm no, I'm hiding in the theater watching how <laughs> an audience responds yeah. to like this experimental work mm -hmm. or. You know, those are the things that I think what a festival is all about is like when you get surprised and go, oh, I would never have seen that uh, online or on YouTube or wherever. Um, so I can start to think about like looking back every year, like what are those pieces of films that, you know, the filmmakers, it took a lot of them to tell that story. It's very brave. And mm -hmm. um, and I'm so proud that I spent a lot of time either finding funding for it or finding the right venue or other films to pair it with. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a year of reflection, not only for the organization celebrating its 40th, but also my tenure. But um, but anyways, moving into next year, there's a lot already planned out. I have about 50% of the program already starting to move forward. So, so um, And then through these festivals and then through the call for entries, I'm excited. I want to be surprised by what comes our way. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I thought you were going to say you, mm. you liked short films and experimental films mm -hmm. most because... You're supporting up-and-coming talent, mm -hmm. young people who are investing a lot of their own time and money, and, you know, they're nervous. They don't know mm -hmm. how the audiences can perceive them. But I thought it's because you saw yourself in them, because you submitted a film. Yeah, I mean, I think... Sh I a actually, short film back in the day. I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the most grateful things for me was... Um, I made a short film, it got into cam, mm -hmm. and they played at the Castro Theater, which is my favorite theater in the world. Mm -hmm. And seeing my film with my family there mm -hmm. um, on the big screen, and it was a, you know, it was a queer film. And mm -hmm. at that point, oh, did I come out yet? I don't, <laughs> I don't think I actually even came out. It was around the time that I came out. So yeah. in many ways, it was a coming out situation. Mm -hmm. um, but having my family there, um, it was a very transformative event. Um, and day of my life. And I think about that a lot because I think this could be a trans. Every festival, there are transformative moments, not only for the filmmakers, but for the audience. You might see something with your family that starts a discussion or a talk. Um, but yeah, I, I love shorts for many reasons. I think shorts programs to me are my favorite things because you can see 10 films mm -hmm. in this time of one long feature. Um, but uh, there are so many rising filmmakers who are testing their voice through it. So there's a lot of kind of um, experimentation that's happening there, mm -hmm. um, you know, and shorts can range again from like pennies to huge, ambitious short films. Um, yeah. So I'm always excited about what comes our way when it comes to shorts. But Well, I wanted to ask about... You know, speaking about you guys are starting to watch films now for mm -hmm. the festival preparing because it's in May. Um, I think you guys are also preparing for interns to arrive mm -hmm. and screening them. And so what kind of candidates are you looking for and what kind of roles do you does CAM offer right now? Yeah, I mean, I guess to take a quick step back, there's <laughs> no way we can pull off our festival or as an organization exists without interns. I mean, beyond interns, I would say volunteers are so important, but yeah. there's so many different complexities of what we do and interns are really um, kind of crucial to the su success of everything that we do. So I, on a year round basis, have mm -hmm. about 
Uh, about 10 interns that I uh, kind of get to supervise and it's one of the things that I cherish most about CAM. Mm -hmm. Our interns kind of range. So me as an intern back in the day, Mm -hmm. my aspirations was to be a filmmaker. We have a lot of interns. That's their aspirations. They want to learn about Asian American media because they want to make it. And I Mm -hmm. love that. Uh, We have interns who are come from different fields though, right? We have community driven interns who are about community Mm -hmm. and they see audio, you know, their representation on the screen and they think it's really important to them. Um, We have interns who are interested in events and kind of producing events. Um, It really runs the gamut. And what I do, and, you know, it takes a little bit more work, but I love it, is I customize every internship um, depending on what the goals um, and the interests of that intern is. So whatever their interests are, I try to think of what professional development things I can provide them and what projects or kind of um, kind of workload I can give them that would really strengthen that. So when they move forward, um, they have what they need for that next, whether it's another internship, finishing school, it's a job opportunity. Um, you know, every intern that, uh, you know, I have been, have the kind of exciting kind of opportunity to know I'm always on their kind of resume and yeah. uh, um, I will be their reference because I know they're all amazing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, at CAM, it, it can depend too. Like every day is different at CAM. I think you know that. So one day they may be, for me at least, working with filmmakers mm-hmm. and kind of getting to know what they're working on. But the next day they may be working with the venues or community partners and making sure all the pieces of CAMFest or our programming, you know, run smoothly. There's a lot of pre-planning that happens in order to make the day of that screening be successful and interns are pivotal I mean so many times our interns are the ones who are holding the hands of our filmmakers making sure they get from wherever they are the hotel <laughs> the um, the radio station wherever they're at to the theater um, and I'm texting them a lot <laughs> making sure things are going well they're texting me yeah. um, but again they're a big part of the team And that's what I really appreciate about my internship at CAM, that Mm. you guys give us so much responsibility and trust Mm. and ownership. And you really say, this is the responsibility, this is the role, put your own spin on it. Um, We'll supervise, we'll watch, we'll be there to help in any way if you have questions, but it's really up to you. And if you do make mistakes, you know, it's fine. You know, get up, grow, learn from it, and just keep going. Yeah. I mean, I think that is a, um, that's what life is about, right? So whenever I think of a job or school, I love, my favorite situations is when the supervisor or whoever gives you that opportunity to grow in your own way. Um, Yeah. When I think about when I graduated uh, college, I was like, I could have done maybe more or I could have done this and that. And so with our internship, I do the same thing. Of With our interns, I give them that opportunity. So again, when I sit down with them, the first day of the internship, it's not learning what CAM's about. It's not so much learning what the festival's going to be. Mm-hmm. I sit down and I talk to them. I try to gain information on their backstory, but also what they really want to do. And then you know, I may know because I've done this for 10 years <laughs> what those projects are going to be, but I yeah. may not tell that to them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, a, I want them to come to me and say, I really want to work with this. And I go, yes, because that's exactly what I want you to work on. Yeah. Or, you know, um, if I do kind of put something on their plate, uh, it may be ambitious, but I know that it's something that it's going to reward them maybe in a way they don't know up front. 
um, because when you're working with filmmakers, when you're working with a festival like CamFest, there's going to be a lot of things coming your way that at the beginning of an internship, if I told you it, it may not be as rewarding as experiencing <laughs> it and being like, wow, I did that. And we're like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you knew all along. As an intern? Or, oh no, as a supervisor? Yeah. Totally, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you there are times... You never know what's going to happen, right? Exactly. But you, you kind of have it mapped out a bit. I do know with, yeah, with a festival, especially in certain situations, what the key scenarios will be, mm -hmm. um, the results of them. But, uh, you know, also our interns, they are helpful because they help us watch movies as well. Yeah. A lot of times our, our interns are part of our screening committees. They mm -hmm. help us create those shorts programs. I've had many times where a film, uh, an intern is like, this is the film that I love the most <laughs> and I'm debating between two films and that passion, that excitement, that connection an intern had to that film that will resonate with me and us and we'll you know, program those many times. I can think of a lot of examples of uh, an intern either knowingly or unknowingly championing a film because they saw it um, while they're at their desk or wherever and um, there are those moments where I'm like, okay, that's going to resonate with our audiences as well. So, yeah. yeah so our interns, um, yeah, it, you know, our internships are year round. So, you know, I would hope people can go to our website. There's like a spot where you can look for internships, mm -hmm. but definitely ramping up to festival in January. We're looking for a lot more interns, uh, because we, our cam staff goes from 12 year round to about, uh, 25. Yeah. And each one of our staffers, we need great interns to help us out. And a lot of times our interns the next year become our staff. Yeah. A lot of, and I'm a great example, hopefully. And of an Zarina. Intern. Yeah, and Zarina. Actually, a lot of our staff, most of our staff here started as an intern. So. Don. Don, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everybody. Everybody. And I was telling Serena, um, well, your interview is going to be first, but ah. I will tell Serena that... Um, you know, we always, as interns, you get so excited after CamFest and everything you've done that you're like, damn, I really love it. And I want to continue and I want to stay. And there's not always that opportunity for like 20 interns to stay and stick around and do the work. Right. So <laughs> you can't really be a part of core staff unless someone moves on um, in their career, not in life. But it's true. Um, but that's the goal is we hopefully will. If we do it right, uh -huh. we inspire our interns um, to move on and to, you know, plant those seeds and then they blossom at collaboration or at yeah. other spaces, right? Because there's a lot of amazing um, organizations out there serving not only Asian Americans, but other communities mm -hmm. as well. And we hope that we do something that sparks something in them that they go on and do good wherever that may be. Yeah. How about we close it off with what do you hope for and what do you wish for for Kim? Oh, well, you know, um, it's funny because <laughs> as we're celebrating next year, our 40th anniversary, we've been spending a lot of time this summer on reflecting back mm -hmm. on the generations, the decades that mm -hmm. we've been around. But so much, and this is a spoiler, but <laughs> so much of our Great. 40th next year is actually going to be looking forward of what do we want to do that's going to start to plant those seeds for the next 40 years. You know, um, the last 40 has been really exciting, but there's so much ahead of us. And as we all know, media is changing daily. Um, and we want to make sure that we are on the forefront of that. So at our festival, we keep thinking, you know, how can we present our programs that are dynamic, mm -hmm. that are on the kind of forefront of how we present stuff? What are the films and programs that we'll be funding in 40 years? 
what are we going to be producing that's going to be relevant to the new generation of Asian Americans who are, you know, craving content. So, you know, what I hopeful, what I hope is that moving forward that, um, I don't know, that we dream. I mean, if you think of the first people who started CAM in the mm-hmm. 80s, those are dreamers. Those are people who are like, we want an organization that is like this. And at the time, that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so for us, and what I love about working at CAM is that we are, you know, I call us jokingly a group of misfits <laughs> because we are in our own way misfits, but we're also dreamers. Mm-hmm. And we aren't doing this work. I'm not doing CAM Fest just to pull off one festival. We're dreaming forward and hoping that all the things that we do are kind of planting those seeds in the community so that we have a more kind of beautiful, um, more equitable, more kind of uh, more peaceful kind of future um, that, you know, uh, that celebrates creativity and creates uh, and celebrates our unique stories. You know, a lot of us go through a lot of hardships and through our programs, our films, I hope that there it inspires people to either tell stories or to um, to kind of find growth in all of that. So um, yeah, that's what I hope for. I hope for kind of a beautiful tomorrow. And through Cam, I hope that we make, can make that happen. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Masashi. Yeah, thank you for thank having you for me again. Us the time. I know you have a busy schedule. <laughs> um, no, I appreciate it, and um, yeah, thank you for having me on your show. So today we have a very special segment of mm-hmm. Golden Grape. Um, not only do we get to hear from one CAM staff, but we get to hear from two. And the second one that I'm interviewing today or speaking to is Serena, and she's the media fund manager. Hello. But she's also a very good friend of mine. Yes. Uh, we met through CAM, and we'll talk more. Uh, we'll talk more about her role mm-hmm. and our relationship in um, in the next couple of minutes. Uh-huh. But <laughs> what I wanted to mention was that you know. Grandparents' Day, National Grandparents' Day was earlier this month. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's close to my heart because I really love my grandparents. Right. Um, and Serena was so kind to invite me to Cam's special screening of The Farewell by Lulu Wang. Mm-hmm. And if you are not aware about The Farewell yet, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic movie. I think it's one of my favorite all-time movies. Mm-hmm. And that's I remember telling <laughs> Serena when we were sitting next to each other, I'm like, thank you. So-, or messaging you after yeah. right like mm-hmm. thank you so much like you just never know the things that change your life right right the, uh, change your life um, or the things that you stumble on into and this is one of those things it mm-hmm. just was a very spur of the moment kind of event and I wasn't even aware we just caught up and you're like hey you want to go to this yeah. Like, yeah yeah awesome I don't even know what it's about right 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 um <laughs> and so overall for a very quick gist of the farewell it is about uh, the story of an Asian American granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is actually based on a true story, Lulu Wang's mm-hmm. story, the mm-hmm. director, and her relationship of her grandmother who's dying but doesn't know that. And so there are so many things that are going on in this um, in this film, different topics, one of them being the differences between Eastern and Western culture. Mm-hmm. Um, another one would be the first-generation experience mm-hmm. um, and language barriers that come with that. Right. Um, another one would be also... I thought this was interesting and I didn't even realize it until I saw it on film, Mm -hmm. like in front of my eyes. Mm -hmm. But the kind of, it's not the issue, but the topic of going back to your homeland and having things be familiar, but also changing a lot Mm -hmm. and how that impacts you. You want to see everything, but 
not everything's going to be there because things are changing, are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, economic growth, um, gentrification, depending on what <laughs> town or city your family's in. Because right. um, it's funny, my parents used to talk about how they came from a small town and mm-hmm. you go there now and it's a big city. Right. I can't even imagine what it used to look like. Mm-hmm. I really related to this movie and I cried so many times. Same here. Like I brought, <laughs> so I watched it the second time just yeah. recently with my mom and my sister you know, they were also like, you know, I've been raving about this movie. I was saying, you know, you have to watch it. This will, especially you, mom, because you would relate real yes. hard. Because like my mom has a very close relationship with her her mother. Yeah. My sister and I, you know, almost every year we would go back to the Philippines, especially during the holidays. And our main priority with each trip is always to see our grandmother and make yeah. sure like we check up on her and see if she's doing okay. And, you know, a lot of the scenes in the movie, especially towards the end yeah you kind of realize whoa you know you didn't expect it's one of those films where you didn't expect it to you know hit it right on the head like you know all these scenes just get it so right and you know when my sister was watching it I was kind of like (laughs) low-key observing both of them I I totally understand (laughs) oh my gosh she's like you know of course you know what what's gonna happen (laughs) but then you know there's certain scenes that you're just kind of looking forward to like seeing how their reaction is like and so you know I was kind of looking at my sister and my mom and then (laughs) my sister was just kind of stopping her tears and you know um yeah did you bring them tissues because you knew what was gonna happen Uh, no like I didn't expect well actually I knew that you know they might get emotional because in the first one I I, I feel like it's funny because uh, the second time around, I cried way more. Oh, me too. The, the oh, the second time, time around. Yeah, okay. it's weird, I cried right? like, so much the first time around. It should be like the other way around. I guess in the first time, like, you know, because uh, I was able to watch it, like, you know, from way from the, the very beginning of it all the way to like the end of it. And so like, because I think I missed, a, you know, a few scenes at the start when yeah. we were like watching because I was working on a few more things. Stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then when I was able to finally like just, watch and sit through the whole thing yeah like it hit me harder than I expected or I remembered it you know the first time around and so yeah like I started crying even harder at you know those scenes where I knew I'd get emotional and so and then it's you know at moments like you know my sister would be the one kind of like looking at me and then I'm just like okay just focus on the movie watch the scenes and then yeah but um yeah going back to that you know um I was looking you know, my mom and my sister's reaction. And, you know, it was very interesting to see that, you know, they also, you know, related hard to it too. And, you know, it's also, um, you know, I guess when I was talking to my sister right after the movie, she was mentioning about a specific scene in the yeah. film or, you know, and I'm pretty sure like, you know, what you mentioned, there was that one scene where Aquafina's character was, you know, just on the ground kind of like yeah. releasing all of her like emotions and kind of pent up, you know, frustration about, you know, how, you know, with each visit she, you know, makes to her grandmother, uh, everything just changes around her. And, you know, I also related hard to that because, you know, I guess it comes with, you know, being a first generation immigrant, you know, um, how do I explain it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to start things the way they were, right? Right. Right. When you come back, things aren't that way. Exactly. Right. Right. And it's, kind of your last pieces of what you remember as, you know, nostalgia and right, this is yeah. where my grandparents grew up and where is that? You know, that doesn't exist anymore. Right, right, right. I totally understand because mm-hmm. my parents' and my grandparents, um, from my mom's side, my maternal family, they lived in this house yeah. and it's very old now and no one lives there and mm-hmm. they're looking to sell it. And right. a part of me is like, Aww. I don't want you to sell it even though I 
like we visit every time we go because right. I just want to, <laughs> it's weird for me to step in the house and look around. And it's like, wow, my mom was here. Yeah. And this is her room. Right. It, because when they left, they basically, they took some stuff, but all the furniture is there and it's kind of like time stood still. Right, right. And it's so interesting to see and it's sad to think that someone could take it away or you can't visit it anymore. Exactly. Or you, you just like, they just suddenly change and you, you know, there was no heads up or, you know, notice that, you know, that would be the last time you'll be seeing it. Exactly. When, so I guess that's the, you know, that's a hard part of it. Like, you know, um, just kind of realizing that the last time you've seen it was the last time you're ever going to experience yeah. it that way. And uh, yeah. That's I think the that's the part. worst. The things that ca- catch you off guard. Right? Yeah. You don't realize Things could it. take, yeah. um, things can turn for the worst very suddenly right, right? Mm-hmm. that you didn't think this is the last time we're going to talk to someone mm-hmm. um and not to be as morbid but maybe to go more you know happy or, or light-hearted but say for example you didn't know that some of your elementary middle school friends perhaps that was the last time you saw them right, when you right. graduated mm-hmm. and you're like no we can see them mm-hmm. there's a lifetime ahead you know if we're alive right and <laughs> There's always going to be the chance if you really work hard at it. Yeah. But the reality is how much do you want to see this person? Right, right. Um, and you have to spend your time with all these other people. Mm-hmm. People who you're very close to, like your family, or people who you're close to now. Right, right. There's, almost, there's only so much you can give to other people, right. right? So when I think about that, it's like, technically I could really see them if I want to, but I probably will never see them again. Yeah. And that's kind of scary. That's the scary part. Or, or sometimes you just lose track of time and before you know it, like... Years have passed, and you're like, you know, you you realize in retrospect, like, oh, a lot has changed. Yeah. And that I guess that's kind of like the sad part of it as well. Yeah. Seeing how much time has passed. Yeah. Things have happened. (laughs) But it's funny that you mentioned bringing your mom and your sister to go. Yeah. I did go see it the second time, and I brought my mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I brought a very interesting slew of people to go watch it with me. Nice. I wanted everyone to experience it, right? Right. And I couldn't even bring everyone that I wanted to. Mm I would have loved to brought to bring my grandma. Yeah. But she doesn't um, listen or understand Mandarin. Oh. She does Cantonese. Oh, okay. And the movie's in Mandarin. So she wouldn't understand. Okay. Uh, but I just wish she could watch it because the reason why I brought my mom, that was like the first movie she's ever seen in theaters in America, mm. was that I was like, this is us on the screen. Oh, well, maybe not right. our exact story. Like, yeah. We wouldn't lie to grandma about her dying. Yeah. But there's so many parts of it that is relatable. And it's mm. like, wow, this is you. I especially like that conversation at the at the table where they were talking about why would you bring your children from the homeland, be it China, be it Philippines for you. Right, right. And come to America. And it's hard and, you know, the language and all that kind of stuff. And you're separated from family. Mm-hmm. But, and remember how one of the aunts, she's having her kid come to school here. Right. And mm-hmm. the American mom was like, well... You know there's a possibility. You know there's a possibility he's never going to come back. Yeah. He doesn't want to come back. Mm-hmm. But you oh, still yeah. let him go anyways. Mm-hmm. And the mom didn't know what to say because it's true. Right. You want what's best for your kids as much as you want them to be close by. Right. And so I run my mom because I was like, okay, this is you. This yeah. is our whole experience, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, uh-huh. You did the tough part about coming here, not knowing the language, and still really struggling with the language. Like, she doesn't really know English very well. Okay. And I can only imagine when you're older and you come to a new country, how hard it is to learn the language and learn the culture. But, you know, you survive and you thrive. Right. And second, I 
I brought my boyfriend, okay. and it's interesting for his background. He's Chinese American, okay, but he's never been back to China, and mm. so I wanted to see what his reaction was. You know how he felt about things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking at everyone's faces too while throughout the movie. <laughs> really, it wasn't me paying attention to the movie. I was just paying attention to their like, faces, their reaction. like different yeah. scenes. I like it's like going back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh my gosh. And the third person that I brought was very interesting as well. It's my cousin. Yeah. And we're the same age. Uh huh. But so my mom and her mom are sisters. Yeah. Okay. And my mom's older. And. Um, her mom is the younger sister, and, and she's back in China. Uh-huh. She's the only one out of all of my mom's siblings to be back in China. So okay. even though my cousin's our age, we grew up so much different. Like, she grew mm. up in my mom's hometown. Uh-huh. It's very small. It's not like a big city like Guangzhou uh-huh. or Hong Kong. Um, but she made, you know, the most of it. But it's just interesting because she is that story almost, right? right. She is that child who had the opportunity to come to school here for her graduate studies. Right. And she doesn't want to go back. Oh, okay. Um, and it's hard. It's a hard decision, right? Yeah. But she likes America. Okay. Yeah. And so um, that was interesting to have three different perspectives with me. me yeah. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the movie, it, it's one of those movies uh, where in each of the scene, when you watch it, you can apply it to no matter what culture you come from. It, yeah. it, you can apply it um, in some way um for example in the funeral scene or like in the when they were visiting the grave of the grandfather you you know it it brought me back to you know those times when whenever i would go back to the philippines and then you know we were with our grandmother you know all my uncles all my cousins would come together and then we would go to you know visit my grandfather's grave and you know we would also do those kind of uh processions or in you know but in our own way because um we were raised catholic and so you know, you do leave some offerings and like usually there are flowers and then you pray and you know, it's it's very on point with what you see on the film. And so I don't think there was a scene where you don't go, oh, I can't relate to that. <laughs> like for us, it was just very much like, oh, I could definitely see myself and my family yeah. going through each of that. So it, it just goes to show that despite what whatever culture you come from or like what sto- kind of story you're telling, you just it really depends on the universality of the story. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those films where it's like, it just relates to anybody could relate to it, no matter what kind of like background you come from or like culture. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The first day of Cam Fest and there's Cam, the opening night yeah. movie and there's Gala. Oh, I remember that. Uh, super fun. Yeah. But so it's just, I'm really grateful for all the opportunities that I had here. Mm-hmm. So how do I still continue to help out the Asian American community? Mm-hmm. And collaboration was that thing where I'm helping elevate the Asian American community. Yeah. Um, but doing it in my free time, right? Mm-hmm. Doing it in other ways. Mm-hmm. That doesn't take as much commitment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I hope that you guys feel that <laughs> I'm always grateful. And I think the most important thing that came out of this, um, I always say, is that the people that I met, mm-hmm. the friends, exactly. the colleagues... The mentors, the people who um, gave me friendship and gave me guidance and gave me trust. Right. So exactly, I totally agree. Same thing. I think out of my intern experience, it was really the relationships that I got out of it, including yeah. you, like my friendship Thanks, with Diana. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. More than anything, it's really just kind of you know meeting these new people who, in some way, like lead you to all these different opportunities that will just ultimately create you know 
a big impact in your life. Then, you know, yeah. I guess with me, it's pretty similar. When I started, you know, interning for CAM, I didn't expect, you know, to get anything out of it other than experience. <laughs> but then, you know. College credit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then really like, yeah, that, you know, you just end up meeting people and then they introduce you, open up new worlds for you. Yeah. And then you don't know where these worlds or these pathways that open up for yeah. you would lead you to and ultimately yeah i'm just very grateful first and foremost for new friend for all the friendships that i've garnered through cam and then also from all of the newfound experiences that i was able to have you know the good fortune of experiencing yeah. and going through uh you know with all of you know these um projects that you know i was able to work on how did you get from intern to mm. media fund manager now? That's mm-hmm. an exciting path. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I watched you throughout the whole thing. Yeah, oh, you were there. Our yeah. audience doesn't know. Okay. Um, so yeah. that'd be exciting if you could talk about that. Yeah, no. Um, so even after festival, you know, I, I was given the choice to, you know, stay on board if I still wanted to keep working for the organization as an intern or, you know, if I, you know, had other things in mind and planned and if I wanted to pursue that um, instead. Uh, and so... Obviously, I stayed on board and, you know, thinking that I didn't really have, you know, much um, to do in terms of like, you know, doing things beyond the organization. I was still looking for opportunities that, you know, during that time. And so nothing really came up that, you know, suited what I was exact was looking for exactly. So I just stayed on board. Um, And besides, you know, my, you know, experience working with the organization and specifically with the festival was really great. And so you know, um, I decided to stay on board, you know, for, you know, a few more months. And then, you know, then hopefully by then, at least back then, I was thinking, you know, I'd be able to find something else and then move on to that maybe. Um, But then, yeah, I kept on working with the organization, um, you know, helped out with finding, um, you know, you know, working on projects that they had, you know, planned for the year. Um, And then, yeah, just kept on working in multiple capacities with the organization. I moved on to another project, which was the filmmaker convening that happened in North Mm -hmm. Carolina. So uh, one of uh, CAMP's initiative is to, Mm -hmm. you know, cultivate filmmakers um, in the rural South. And um, specifically, yeah, so specifically Asian American filmmakers. And, you know, knowing how, you know, when you think about, um, you know, productions or like projects, you usually think about, you know, the West Coast or working at the East Coast, but then how about opportunities in the rural South? And so um, Cam wanted to cultivate the Asian American community, um, especially those who are filmmakers into, you know, um, kind of providing or like helping them throughout um, throughout that process, kind of um, introducing them to resources uh, and to possible networks that they can work with um, in their projects. And so this was kind of like the whole objective for that filmmaker convening. And so I was a part of that. Um, I helped um, with the organization of the event, um, helped out with logistics. Um, and then it was through that project I met up and, you know, became close with um, Sapna, our talent director, mm-hmm. um, and also Don, who's our program, our director of programs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I kept on working with them on other projects up until we, you know, I think the next one was the following Camp Fest. And this time I was the volunteer coordinator for that one. And so... Moving your on up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I was like seasonal staff. <laughs> intern. intern seasonal staff. staff. So that's kind of like what happened. So um, intern researcher. Nice. <laughs> and then working as a, you know... Um, working for the filmmaking uh, or filmmaker convening and then Uh 
volunteer coordinator for campus. So yeah, yeah um, was a step up uh, <laughs> from the internship position. And so um, worked on that for another festival cycle. And then afterwards worked on another project, which mm -hmm. was um, Coming Home Again, yeah. which recently premiered at TIFF um, very recently, um, earlier this month. And, and who's in that? Justin Chan. Ooh. Yeah. He's starring and um, yeah, directed by Wing Wang. Yeah. So really great. Um, Amazing people you got to work with. Yes. Get to know. Yes. Personally. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I'm glad for you. Yeah. Thank you. So worked on that um, as an assistant editor and then... Ooh, yeah, that's big. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> I didn't out. know your like exact position. Yeah. I just knew you were in that film. I was like, those people alone, the cast alone is amazing. Yeah. Um. So, wow, that's yeah. amazing. Thank you. Thank we you. We need to cheers to that someday. <laughs> we don't have any. We don't have anything. We don't have right alcohol. Now. Yeah. I only have my own mug. Don't have it's like <laughs> hypothetical. But um, yeah, and then uh, also kind of worked as an um associate producer for that one as well. Um, it kind of just evolved because um, I started working, um, becoming uh, becoming more involved with the other departments, and then um, yeah, became into an associate producer position. And so yeah, um, after that project was done, uh, worked on no, actually no, after that uh, project, it became into a full time position. So that's how I got the media fund position because um, our the previous media fund manager. Um, left um around the same time when i was working on the coming home again mm -hmm. project um so um they needed a, a temporary person or like um someone to fill up that position temporarily <laughs> <laughs> you're right when you do that you're like Ugh. i'm just kidding oh but it's fine post anyway <laughs> um yes yeah, so transitioning from coming home again mm -hmm. uh Don offered me um, a temporary position as the media fund manager or associate. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, worked on that for three months, yeah. around three months before they officially offered the position. Yeah, you catch on fast and yeah. like, we can't lose you. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened. And yeah, it was a gradual um, process kind of getting into yeah. this position. It's like, yeah, from intern, working on other projects with Cam, mm -hmm. uh, worked on that, you know, worked on um, festival again, but this time as seasonal staff, um, mm -hmm. specifically as volunteer coordinator, eventually um, on the Coming Home Again project, and then, yeah, to temporary um, media fund associate, and then finally the media fund manager position. Yeah. Yeah. So that well, I think fun. your journey shows that if you put in the work, <laughs> and sometimes you have to be a little patient, uh -huh. you know, things pay off. Right. And mm -hmm. I know when we were interns and festivals over and people started leaving, it was bittersweet. And I know people yes, yeah. loved camera right? and they wanted to continue. But there's not, you know, there's not that opportunity necessarily mm -hmm. for everybody to stay on, like all the interns. Right, right. Um, and so we wish we could have been core staff. But mm -hmm. it's a very small, intimate, tight group here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to wait for someone to go and move on. Mm -hmm. I think not in that morbid way, but like morbid move way. On <laughs> to the next it's part like of their wait for career. Someone. <laughs> no, um, which is why I also think, you know, yes, put in the hard work, yeah. but also it has a lot to do with luck. Yeah. Being on your side too and being at the right place and at the right time. Exactly. Um, I, I think I just got lucky at in that aspect where you know yeah i put in the hard work but yeah. then also because 
you know, it just so happened that these opportunities just kind of opened up when I was doing all these things. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what brought me into where I am right now. Um, it's just that, yeah, the timing was right. And I guess that's also a big part of, you know, just trying to gauge it out. How do you like time it out? You know, me at the, or if I were just to like sum it all up, be at, being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they say. I love that quote about luck is that it's hard work plus timing or mm-hmm. something along that just. Right. Because if you weren't a hard worker and you were here at the right time, right. they wouldn't hire you. They, they wouldn't, wouldn't ask you to mm-hmm. do this role. Right. So they've seen how you know hard you worked all this time, how committed you are. Right. And they're like, hey, you stuck around and we think you'd be a great fit. And they they know that you cult- you fit culturally, right? Mm-hmm. That's such a huge part of yeah the team. Right. Right. Because if you had one person who didn't fit <laughs> culturally, it mm-hmm. would be hard to work with. It's really hard. about the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, a, yeah, exactly. Just kind of seeing if you're a good fit also, like if your personality matches with yeah. what the organization's also environment is like, mm-hmm. then I think that also is um a factor that comes into play when it comes to these sort of uh, things. But yeah. Thanks again, Serena. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Send questions, comments, and episode ideas our way to goldengrade at collaboration.org. And remember, that's collaboration with a K. Golden Grade's producers are Adrian Chen and Michelle Abiera, and our executive producer is Josh Ko. Sound mixing was by Adrian Chen and Michelle Abiera. Editing was also by Adrian. Our fabulous theme song was composed by Robert Ge. Please like, favorite, and rate us. We'll catch you next time. Stay, Stay golden! golden.